what's up, bro? How you doing? What's going on, man? I appreciate the intro. Yeah, man. You know, I thought I was going to make it a little more more involved and maybe make a whole new... You know what? Give me a second. Take two. Cut that part out. Gary Potter, Primal Fear, my friend Gabe, he is here. Ooh, that might be our new uh, intro song. <laughs> I, I, for like the last couple years, you and I have always just crossed crossed paths in such a it, such a uh, like a peripheral way. Yeah, where we haven't had the opportunity to really get a face to face, like and really converse to get to know each other for any length of time. So, what better way? <laughs> to make you make it part of a series here on evolving with Corey Castle, where I want to make sure that you and your partners, who I know and I feel it and I see it, you guys are doing such big, great, fun, tremendous things that I want to get to know every single you know every single thing about who you actually are, <laughs> and that might be fun for for folks who who you know maybe don't know you yet either yeah and like you said it's funny like you know we've always crossed paths but like i don't think we've ever even been on like the same show no no it's been so peripheral it's been yeah. ridiculous ridiculously like arm's length it should talk like i want to i want us to have a match together yeah it's, right we gotta get on a card someone's gotta book it book it yo you gotta tweet the little eye emoji the eye emoji that that that's what gets us booked yeah. Uh, oh. That's what I've heard. All right. Now 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 I'm suspicious. <laughs> so <laughs> So what one of the things popping in my head about anything is it's in in the business of show that we happen to find ourselves in Anybody who's in it is some somehow got some like look at me hole, some attention craving, like damage. What would you say yours is if you had to try to pinpoint it? I don't know, man. I've always just been like loud and just you know, like in school, I was always getting in trouble for talking, and I always wanted the attention. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I always said, like, with my personality, I'm real loud and I'm brash. And people either hate me or love me. Like, I'm not a person that someone's like, oh, that dude's all right. Like, it's either like, oh, dude, he's great. Or like, dude, I hate him. <laughs> well, what was the home life like? What, what did you? Uh, pretty normal life. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I mean, I grew up in a wrestling family for sure. Like, I grew oh, yeah. up all the time. I was two years old maybe and i was at wrestlemania when it was in philly like oh well, i was always been my I was, I was there too yeah the wrestlemania yeah, 15 yeah i was there i mean i was i was quite older than two years old but <laughs> but i i mean i was maybe i don't know maybe i was maybe i was 14 or 15 or something but <laughs> that's that's really funny that we find ourselves at that same exact place yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, it's hilarious. I got a picture of me, and I'm sitting with the Godfather and Val Venus. And I was just like, if anyone questions how my life turned out, like, these are my role models. Like, <laughs> well, dude, what, what a fun combination of characters to, to find yourself in a photo with as a child. I know, and I haven't come across either of them yet. And I would love to and be like, look, here's you holding me. 
while I'm an actual child. <laughs> How did it come across that you would that you would get a photo with Val Venus and Godfather? I guess it was at like WrestleMania Access. So I guess it was probably like the day before. I yeah, don't have it? any memory of it. I, I remember I remember on on Shotgun, they had a Shotgun Saturday night or something like that. They played um they played clips from WrestleMania Access that was at the Philadelphia Convention Center. I remember seeing The Rock there and seeing Kane there, uh, just on the just on the recap thing that was happening on Shotgun. Yeah, but, like I said, I have no recollection of being at WrestleMania. The only reason I know it is because I have pictures, and like, but like I don't remember it. But I mean, wrestling is just always something that's been like engraved in my brain. You know, you know, it's funny uh, at WrestleMania 15. At WrestleMania 15, right after right after the the show was over. And we were all walking back to the parking lot. This like lady stopped us with a microphone that had like WrestleMania on it, and she was and she was like, "Hey guys, tell us what you thought of WrestleMania. What was your favorite part?" And she held the microphone at us, and uh, me and my friends were like, "Show Michaels!" Ah! Like we're like we're going nuts. And my friend's dad was like, "The whole show was fucking awesome." <laughs> And, and then the lady's like, okay, we're going to have to redo that because that jerk off, because <laughs> that jerk off was saying, you can't say fucking, you, you can't, now start all over again. The enthusiasm was so canned this second time, we were like, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, but it made it on the TV. I know, like, at 14 or 15, I was on Shotgun Saturday Night with my friends. Yeah, like. Dude, to think about that, it's really so cool. Like, how many wrestlers do you think were in the crowd that night? Oh, yeah, probably you know, tons. Like, it's really cool to think about. Ones that, that we know, yeah. Sometimes I think about that, like, you know, maybe a kid is watching me wrestle, and he's like, damn, I could do this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's cool. Yeah. that's Dude, I, I, I think about the impressions all the time. I know, like, you've probably heard Danny say it a ton about when it comes to, like, the memories that we're creating for people. Yeah. But for me, that I always feel that being from someone who came from the other side of the guardrail. And I told the story on here a million times. When I was when I was three years old, my mom took me to my mom took me to SeaWorld, and there was like this cowboy stunt show where the the cow the cowboys were having a shootout on this like dude ranch, and the one cowboy who was like my favorite character, I was like, oh, he's wearing the coolest stuff. I like that guy. He was on top of the saloon and he got shot off. And he like died, and I was like, "Oh, my favorite cowboy died!" And I was crying. And my mom took me backstage, and she like introduced she like introduced him to me, and I got a picture with the guy. And I like I can remember looking if I look at that picture now, it takes me right back to the memory of like, wow, like I'm on the inside, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like it's really like I tell people all the time, man. Like when I was still at the Monster Factory. And, you know, they're really big for their uh, birthday parties. It's like a big thing. And I tell people all the time, I had my fourth birthday party at the Monster Factory. Really? Yeah. And, like, the day I walked back there, I was 19 years old, and I started training there. And I would tell everyone, like, this, like, it sounds like corny and stuff, but, like, man, like, shit can really come true for you. Like, I used to no, tell these kids at the party, like, I was a kid just like you. Like, I was here mm -hmm. having my birthday party. And it yeah. has never left me. Like I had it's full circle. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, do you have siblings? Were they also wrestling fans? Yeah. Uh, 
it's really my whole family, my cousins, my uncle. I mean, there's pictures of us, you know, at Christmas. And we're little kids, and we all have DX shirts on, and we're doing suck it. And like, Did any of your any of your family got into the business too? No, I was nothing. You were the only one. When we always talked about it, you know, when you're little kids and you're wrestling, and I was just the one that was like, I'm gonna go for it. Like, why not? No one in my family got into wrestling, but none of them were fans of wrestling. I was the only wrestling fan in my entire family. Yeah, see, I couldn't, like, imagine that, like, not being able to, like, have that. Like, to me, like, wrestling is, like, a family, like, bonding experience. Like, we'd all sit and watch WrestleMania. <laughs> that sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's what I mean. Like, it was really, like, I was really, like, born and bred into the position that I'm in. <laughs> Man, that's so cool. I'm jealous. I'm jealous, but at the same time, I couldn't imagine it being other way than, than the way it was for me. Yeah, everything that happens, you know, individually mm -hmm. shapes us. So, what outside of wrestling, outside of wrestling, what were, like, your the people that you looked at and you were like, I could do that, like, like I see what they're doing and I'm inspired by it. What what were the, the, the folks, what were the archetypes for you? I don't know, man. <laughs> That's, like, a tough question. I always, like, I'm very much, like, especially in my family and stuff, like, an individual. Like, I was the only one that went to college. Like, I was the only one um, that played football. My brother and, like, my dad were baseball players. Like, I played football. I went to college. Like, I've always, like, my whole family, my dad owns a roofing business. My two brothers and my brother-in-law are roofers like i didn't want to go that route like i just did everything my own way did you ever work as a roofer i did i was gonna say that's how could you i was gonna say i did it all through high school and i hated it the only good thing about it was that i made a ton of money i had way more money than any 15 year old kid should have <laughs> i was beer was on me every night at 15 at 15 <laughs> All right, trouble. Oh, big trouble. Trouble. What about uh? What? When did you? When did you decide to to train? Like, and and, and of course, like, there's always like as far as because when I was 15, I was thinking about the 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 paying for wrestling tuition. Like that was that was my whole goal was figuring out how I was going to pay for wrestling tuition. Yeah. So I, uh, when I was. When I graduated high school, I was supposed to go to college and play football. I had a scholarship. Everything was all lined up. And I lasted approximately three and a half hours at college. I went. I didn't even unpack my bag. And I was like, dude, this isn't for me. I don't want to play football. I don't want to do this. So I went home the same day. Um, and I was just sitting there. And I was like, all right, now I'm not a football player. Like, for the past... Five years I've been a football player. What am I now? And I was like, I'm free. Like, I can do whatever I want. So, you know, I spent some time thinking what I wanted to do. And I always knew about the Monster Factory. I knew I had my birthday party there. And one night, I'm just sitting on YouTube. And I'm, uh, I come across Monster Factory videos. And I see uh, Nick Camarada. <clears throat> and I know Nick. Nick went to the same high school as me. He was friends with my older brother. Mm. And that just really put it into perspective for me that, like, I know this kid. He's mm -hmm. a wrestler. He went to where I went to. I can be a wrestler. Okay. 
And I was, you know, as you said, the tuition is no joke for wrestling schools. Mm -hmm. So I'm an 18 year old kid at community college with no job. I'm coaching football as a job. So I'm making no money. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I see the monster factory is having this special tryout wind free tuition. Oh, I remember that. Yep. And I think I was there for that. I think I was there for that. For the tryout that they did? Not the, not, I mean, uh, to, to, um, to see it. I don't know if I was like, I don't know if I was like in it, but I think it was, there was something. I think I had like got in the ring and was doing stuff with everybody when that was going on. Cause like, uh, that's when like Steve came through, right? Yeah. He was Tommy Tommy, and, and, um, who else? Um, my Spanos. Yeah, yeah, they were all okay. around that time. Okay, all right, yeah. So, like, so I see this thing for this free tuition, and I'm like, damn, this is my sign. Like, I got to go for it. So I borrow, like, 50 bucks or whatever from my dad, and I PayPal to reserve my spot at the tryout. Mm-hmm. Now, the, spot, the tryout's in, like, a month and a half. So I'm looking at this, like, I'm going into the training camp. Like I entered like training, like I. Like, <laughs> You're like I'm, I'm, I'm winning this. This is yeah, like I was running uh-huh. miles, like getting in shape. I was like, dude, I'm going to kill this. I show up, and it is the most out of shape, like fifty year old men. Guys showed up in jeans and work boots, and and I did the tryout, and obviously I'm a football player at the time so like i'm in shape i'm athletic uh and i was like one of the five people picked to do the free tuition mm-hmm. well of them five over the next like eight months three quit so then there was two of us left um so i did like my free tuition for a year and mm-hmm. then dan came up to me one day and he was like so like are you going to go for this? And I was like, I was on shows and stuff already. Right. And I was like, yeah, what do you mean? He was like, all right, like you got to start paying your tuition. And like, at that time I was older, I had a job and stuff. So like, that wasn't a problem, but like, it wasn't even a question. Like when he was like, like, are you sticking around? I was like, well, yeah, I just dedicated the last nine months. I didn't miss one practice. I didn't miss one birthday party. I didn't miss one show. I lived at the monster factory for the first year of my training. Mm-hmm. So the the work ethic that you have that you got. So I mean do you think that maybe that was like maybe in question by Dan at that point? Like maybe it was like uh I think he was just you thought you were get- people at that time mm-hmm. just came and go. Like you know, they would oh, yeah. come and go. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a minute. Welcome back. Am I good now? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I was nervous. <laughs> we were froze for a second. Things happen. This is the this is the world we're living in. Got called on the fly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think he was just used to you know so many people were screwing him over and right. coming, training for a little bit and quitting, and then you know going to wrestle in like these backyard federations and like I think he was just trying to make sure like I was committed. 
before, mm-hmm. you know, we really went for it. You know, you know, what's weird to me? Like I started thinking about like how much I'd like to have my own wrestling ring and have my own wrestling school. And, I, and it's funny. Cause I was talking, I was talking to the guy who owns my gym and he was talking to me about like, he was like, Oh, write up like a business proposal and we'll see like what we can do. Like we'll get this all started and stuff. And I'm like, he's like, you think it'll make a lot of money? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. But like, Nah, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I think there's definitely potential for a wrestling school to make a lot of money. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I, mean, I feel like this area is too poor. You definitely got to deal with a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like there are some yeah. people that you know just think they can walk in and be wrestlers and it's easy and, but. I don't know. I would like to eventually maybe open up a school one day. Gabe, how, how old are you? I am 26. So, 26. So, you were two in 98, right? Two, so, like three. Uh-huh. What was... What was... Uh, what was, like, growing up like for you? Like, I, I mean... Because... Okay, for me... For me, 9-11 happened when I was when I was a senior in high school. Yeah, I was in kindergarten. Yeah, so being such a little kid and that ha- like earth-shattering event happening, how does that mold you as a as a young young kid and what what is like your outlook on the world? Uh, I mean my outlook on the world is pretty terrible. I don't think it's from 9-11 though. I feel like I was a little too young for that. Yeah. Like, you don't really understand. Like, I remember the day. I remember everybody crying and, like, being panicked. But, like, you don't really fully at that age understand, like, the severity of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, pretty, really pretty normal life. You know, I'm very middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, played sports my whole life. Was always an athlete. Got pretty good grades. I went to private school my whole life. You know what I thought was real cool was I knew you like like I said we knew I knew you for a while peripherally and then I saw you with Primal Fear I saw you with with uh, Manny and Matt and I was like I was like perfect that's a perfect Matt like it <laughs> it, it, it just it looked like puzzle pieces yeah. fitting together and I wasn't originally with them right so then when I first saw them i was like oh this is cool and then i saw you with them and i was like oh look this is rad i like this yeah it was crazy because they had another third member for a while mm-hmm. was that was uh, that um his name was chris mm-hmm. I, I don't think i'm familiar with that yeah, era he, was, he wasn't there for too long but he was mm-hmm. they were the original three in Prime mm-hmm. Fear. and then i was going to join and there was going to be four of us mm-hmm and originally, it was going to be like I was a single guy. Matt and Manny were going to be the tag team, and then the other guy would do singles too. But like we would be one unit. Right. He quit wrestling like right before I joined, mm-hmm. and then it was funny because what ended up happening is me and Matt primarily became the tag team, and Manny went on to do the singles. So everything kind of flipped. But the whole idea for that was uh, that was Damian Priest's idea. Mm. Oh, okay. 
he uh he knew me a little bit we went to the same gym and like we were friendly you know we would talk a lot uh sometimes we would go out was he, he kind of the coach the coach there at that point like yeah he made, was the coach. Co- and mm-hmm. he knew me just by knowing me you know he knew i liked like the darker like wrestling gimmicks like the undertaker bright wyatt and at the time i was just as boring as baby face i wore bright white boots and teal sparkly tights and i had no character and i did arm drags and drop kicks and i was just as oh, that's everybody's that's everybody's favorite everybody's yeah. favorite baby face is the boring the yeah, boring sparkly tights and white boots i was just going to go nowhere and one time at training he grabbed me and he was just like hey do you want to join primal fear and i was like well i don't want to step on any toes like are they cool with it like and he was like oh no we talked to them already like they're all about it and then all of a sudden i was like well shit now i gotta learn how to wrestle a tag match i barely know how to <laughs> wrestle a singles match <laughs> well i mean i mean having having a character like that kind of thrust upon you and it, it's kind of like it's kind of like diving into the deep end right oh, and then big and being, uh, up, being upon me about yeah. 10 minutes before my first match debuting as Gabriel, I had my tights on. I was ready to go. And uh, Damien looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you look like you. And I was like, who am I supposed to look like? And he goes, go outside and rub dirt all over your face. (laughs) And I was like, what? And he was like, you can't just go out there looking like you. Like, you just wrestled a week ago. You look no different. Right. And I literally went out back of the Monster Factory and just got a bunch of dirt and just smeared it on my face. And that eventually became the genesis to me wearing face paint. But Mm -hmm. it started out as me being told I can't look like me and rubbing a bunch of dirt on my face. There you go. I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start rubbing dirt on my. But then, does it get in your mouth? Oh, it's terrible! It, it, it came off immediately. It's, it's got to be gross. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was terrible. It's just a big old, big old uh, gesture of effort. Yeah, and then after that, being a you know, I'm still in college at the time, delivering pizza, paying wrestling tuition, so I have no money, and now I got to start buying face paint. Well, I can't afford the face paint. So I was using football eye black. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I used to be able to just, you know, pocket that at the stores. It was really easy. So I wasn't paying <laughs> but, but, You know, that was, what, that was what I was going to pitch. I was going to pitch that idea to you. Just just uh, put it in your pocket and walk it out. It was really easy to walk out with. So I wore that for a while. And then literally the biggest stars, you know, at the time, our biggest match me and Matt are wrestling uh, Mario and Fala, who were the tag champs at the factory. Mm-hmm. And they're both on Impact at the time. And, like, you know, at that point, they're the biggest stars I've come across. Mm-hmm. Mario has this beautiful white robe. So we wrestle, blah, blah, blah. He comes up to me the next week, and he goes, I can't get your face paint off of my robe. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And he was like, your face paint? ruined my robe and I've washed it and it won't come off and it just stained it. And I was just like, oh my god. And it like traumatized me. I was like, oh, now I can't wear eye black anymore. Oh, yeah. Dude. 
I got I got these white kick pads, right? And I'm sure you you've probably seen me with them before. But like the first week I wore them, it was I, I forget the show, but the, I was I was on like second or third. The the guy who was on the first match decided to do like a like a, a Muda missed spot. I'm like, you're in the first match. Why are you doing a Muda missed spot? And I, 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 like I was freaked out by the weird like he like put it all in a condom and put the condom in his mouth. I was like, is that how you do it? Is that, is that how you do it? I don't I don't know. But I was like I was like yuck. And then and then I got green shit all over my my kick pad. I was I was super freaked out and, and pretty pissed off. Have you ever been uh, missed it in a match? No, I did the fuck. Really weird experience. Does it come from a condom? I don't know where it came from, but it number one hurt me really bad because it washed all my face paint off and all Mm -hmm. got into my eyes. Yeah. So like I was blind, but like a similar story. At the time, you know, we don't really got merch yet, and I have Mm -hmm. like this one of one primal fear white tank top. Mm -hmm. So cool! I love that tank top. Mm-hmm. And I have my face paint on, and we're doing, like, a segment, and I get misted. So not only does it get in my eyes, it ruins my white tank top. Broke yeah, uh, my heart. I, I've done the fireball gimmick. Like, I've taken that. That's gnarly. I, I, I've never done the mist before, but, uh, you know, talk about missed opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the mist after that. Mi- Maybe one day. Maybe, it's maybe. Interesting. I also have my mouth open, so like you got my. Mouth. Yeah, that's got to be unpleasant. Me twice. One time, LSG uh, took someone's beer and spit it at me, and I happened to have my mouth open. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> it was, I think that I think rule number one for getting stuff spit in your face is close sense. your mouth. Yeah. And I never do. <laughs> I'm always like, oh no! <laughs> go ahead, go ahead and miss me. Throw stuff in my face. I ain't got my mouth open. It's fine. I'm two for two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the did, did you ever did you ever wrestle Rebel? No. Did you know Rebel? No. Do you know who he is? Yeah, kind of. I'm pretty familiar. We did a we did a, a tag match with uh, me me and uh, me and my friend Rick. We were a tag team called the K, we were called KFC for a minute. It was, and uh, we we um we worked in the Lehigh Valley, which was like um rub, run by uh, Bill Daly, you know Benchmark oh, yeah, Bill. Yeah, 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 I remember him. And uh and he had put us in a tag match against Rebel and Eddie Valentine, and. And Rebel was he's such an asshole. I mean, I'm sure you've heard so many stories about you probably I'm sure you've heard stories about how much of an asshole that guy was. But but he was like you know you know Eddie's gay, right? Eddie Valentine. Eddie Eddie Valentine shows up to the show with his husband and Rebel's like, I'm not doing any fucking gay spots in this match. <laughs> like, the second he walks in the door, like, we're doing a tag match, but I'm not doing any fucking gay spots. And then, and then, uh, and then he, whatever we're doing in the match, somehow, like, I, I, like, pulled my groin in the middle of the match, 
but he kept still trying to throw me off the ropes, and I was like limping, trying to go. And then he, then he like does the flash paper shit right in my face. But I mean, like I knew it was coming, but I was still like hobbling yeah, around. Scared, yeah. But I didn't have my mouth open. No, that could have been real bad. Yeah, you could have ate some fire. Could have ate some fire. But it's it's funny to see, like, I mean. The guy, the guy was an asshole and, and universally disliked, but like at moments in my, in my career, the guy's kind of been there for me and reached out to me when like other people weren't reaching out to me and like talking, like, it's funny because like he, he kind of, he kind of put me in positions where, um, like I've met some life changing friends thanks to him and I've like done some life-changing things because of him but then like then the guy murdered his wife and killed himself like and their fucking 12 year old 12 year old twins found their dead bodies like that's some monster shit yeah it's really crazy man like they you know you really never know what people are like really really like so so I'm like okay yeah I, I like this guy he's dead and I you know it's a confusing like way to how do you mourn somebody and not mourn them at the same time because of of them being such a monster yeah it's... but I acknowledge that those experiences were what they were I guess I, don't, I mean I don't know what other way to put it yeah it's it's you know it's like you say, you never really know how people truly are when they're alone. Yeah, that's. I just feel bad for those kids like all yeah, the time. I, I, I can't imagine them having healthy lives after that situation. Yeah, it's, it's stuff that you know. It's really crazy. Like you know, that's the kind of stuff you see on the news, and you're like, man, that's wild. Mm -hmm. Then like when you know the people, it's really next level. But, but, I mean, it's like it's like the the Philly Philly Indies Chris Benoit sort of situation. Yeah, no, I was just, it's really very similar to that. You know, yeah. a lot of people like with Chris Benoit, like you're, you know, they're trying to say you separate the person from the art. Great wrestler, great mm -hmm. wrestler. Just yeah, terrible human. Yeah, it's like um, how do you? How do you compartmentalize those things? In in your experiences, I what do you what do you think what do you think happens to people when they die? Man, death freaks me out. Like probably more than the average human. Because that's the thing. I have no idea. I don't even have the slightest thought of what happens. My biggest fear is that it's nothing. Well, why do you fear that? I don't know. Just the idea I mean, that freaks that, me out. That seems a little more peaceful. I don't like, think I would want peaceful. <laughs> well, what do you want instead? I don't know. I would like to be, if I got an option, I would be a ghost. Yeah. Like who would I want to be a ghost? That's, that's that should be the new question I ask somebody. What would I? What would ideally 
the best situation be for an afterlife for you? Yeah, what a ghost? What what kind of, I mean, you you, you got to think you you've been alive for twenty six years. You're gonna be a ghost forever. Like it's really funny you say that because very embarrassingly, me and my girlfriend just watched uh, the entire Twilight series mm-hmm. because I've mm-hmm. never seen them, and but I was held against my will and made to watch them. I've never seen them either. But, like, the main theme of it is, like, would you want to live forever and, like, watch everyone around you, like, die, and you know? But, like, to me, it's, like, oh, 100%. I would, if I had the choice, yes, I would live forever. Hmm. Like, <laughs> like, I just could never see myself, like, you know, people are like, oh, like, wouldn't you get bored? <clears throat> no. Absolutely not. I don't want to die ever. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby? No. But I don't think I want to be a ghost dad. This <laughs> is so stupid. It's, it's definitely, like, just when you get a chance, go on YouTube, look up the trailer to Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. It sounds great. It's so stupid. It's like it's like the movie Ghost. But with you your see, dad. But with... Well, with it, well, with Bill Cosby, and he's the and he's a dad. <laughs> all the same shit, like concentrate real hard, and you can pick this thing up. Like all that same shit, like the thing with the train and all that stuff that's in Ghost. They kind of do all that same exact stuff in Ghost Dad, but he's like, "Oh, gotta prevent this guy from trying to bang my daughter." Ah! <laughs> As a ghost, Bill Cosby. Yeah. It's like, I would hate to see her on Quaaludes. <laughs> so, I uh, I just want to make sure, uh, I know, I don't know if I, if I stated it, but uh, how, how grateful I am for you uh, uh, carving out some of your time, some, some of the effort, some of the currency of your effort spent here on me here today and uh i wanted to say on the record how grateful i am and how much i really want us to be friends i would really like for us to have a relationship where we can work together and we can have some matches and stuff that'll be fun and i just wanted to state it for the record right now so that we can look back we can look back on this in six seven months and be like oh wow you know what why did we wait so long why did we wait so so, like you said, honestly, I think that's something that's uh, missing in today's uh, pro wrestling that I feel like back in like the territory days it was like a thing, like a real sense of just like a group of guys that, you know, did work together and went out of their way to work together. And like, I mm-hmm. think that would be cool. Like, I would love to get a group of guys, you know, and everyone ride to the show together and work the show together and go out after. Like, I think that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. I like it's it's funny because sometimes you'll talk to people, and and the weird thing is I'm like the old guy in every locker room moment, but like, but like, they're definitely like older dudes, but aren't like it's it just feels like they're 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 like a generation before me, yeah. and and. It, and, and even if people are around my age, it somehow feels like they're still a generation before me. Like, I, I, I'm somehow caught in this, like, limbo of, like, 
like I'm not a young guy, but not an old guy. And it's, it's a, it's a weird, you know, ghost dad living. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ghost dad right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pro wrestling's ghost dad. Pro wrestling ghost dad. That's me. But, <laughs> but when you talk to people, like when I talk to people in the business and we talk about like, you know, crashing on couches and, and, and coming by and like, like the brotherhood and they're like, yeah, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should. And everybody says that's the way it should be, but then it isn't that way. Yeah. No, no one ever goes through it. And you know, I don't really know what it is. I don't know if everybody, I think there's another really big issue. And this is something we always talk about with a lot of people uh, like afraid to lose their spots at places, so they don't want to bring someone else in. Oh yeah. But like when in reality, if you bring someone in who's just as good as you or a little bit better <laughs> or whatever, that just means better matches for you, and then that means more fans, and then that's just better business. Like mm-hmm. people would rather not do business than to because they're so afraid to lose their spots at their little local indie feds. Well, that's that's uh, kind of ridiculous. You know, it's really funny because I, I I don't have many spots, so I'm not I'm not afraid to lose them. You know, <laughs> so anywhere I'm at, I'd want to bring you in. But you're you've already been to DCW. That's the only spot I got right now. But I know yeah. that you guys have already been there. Yeah, but you know, like it's just like you know, kind of and kind of going back to what I was saying before about like everybody being boys and going out and stuff like if you just get a crew man you guys can just you know you loop these little indie shows and you got a little thing going mm-hmm. yeah it, it it's it you know it's weird it's like i lost i lost my like every single weekend my every single weekend having multiple dates in a weekend like drive like that kind of went away yeah and i don't i don't i don't I, it's, I'm filling my bump card up, and I'm paying to play, and uh, I rather make money working a job. Yeah, it's definitely tough. You know, I'm fortunate that I don't have a job where uh, I have to miss work, mm-hmm. or at least not often. So, like, but like, I always, I'm very aware of that. And other people, you know, I think about that sometimes. You know, people, a lot of people work Friday and Saturday nights, and that's big money nights for them. And they're out here wrestling for probably three times less than what they would have made at work. Yeah. I mean, honestly, man, like if, if I, I, I'm a server at Fridays now. Right. So I've been doing that for about six months now, like a Friday or Saturday night. That's like, that's like, that's like so much more money than any wrestling show. That's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the people I'm around in wrestling are servers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean, man. You lose your Fridays and Saturdays. It's mm-hmm. well. I mean, that's like I said. I've never been a server before. I'm the server now. Before, I've always just worked a Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of gimmick. But now, nowadays, I'm just switching it up. I want to see what it's like. I I, I like money. I want to make some of it. Yeah, right. I'm I want to I wanna... make some money wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I, I would really like that too. Like I, I. I've dedicated uh, the last 23 years of my life to the wrestling business. And I'd hope at one point I could make a living out of it eventually. 
Yeah. I don't know. Is that what I, if, I might be too old now. I'm I'm 38 now. Yeah, you never know. Look at what's his name. They always say Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, Diamond Dallas. He was 35. I've already outlived. I've already I've already gone past when he got. You ghost at it, Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> I ghost at and got Diamond Dallas Page. You know the. Uh, I guess uh, the. The the whole like I think one of the Ger- Gerald Briscoe seminars, uh, he was he was saying like, oh, you're not gonna, you know, if you're over thirty three, you're probably not getting it, and and I at that point was thirty two or something, and I already had brain surgery, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I mean, <laughs> not now though with WWE, right? Said no one under twenty five. Yeah, now I'm it's twenty six. That makes me feel like I'm seventy. Yeah, same. I'm too old for something. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I still think I'm a little kid. Yeah, I know. Like, and normally, right where you're at, right at the age range you're at, and and the experience range that you're at, you're just peaking. You're just peaking. You're like not not all the way at the peak, but you're right near it. You're right near that peak. This I feel that the, the same with me. I'm feeling like I'm I'm the watching Al Snow shoot interviews. I've heard him say like. Uh, experience is the best teacher. I've I've had tons of it now. Yeah. And I'm going to continue to have more and more of it. And the more and more of it I have, the better and better I feel like I'll get. So it's a, it's just a weird thin line. This weird thin line between like the, the judgment versus the investment that they can put in you. Yeah. And it's just so funny though. Cause it's like, they always say, you know, you never know. Whoever, you know, you mm-hmm. could, I always think about, you know, what Danny used to say is like, you could quit and then that next Saturday could have been your big break. Like, but, you just never know. Yeah. I, I think about that all the time. And I, and I mean, I probably, I probably said it on the show before and you might've heard me say it before, but it's like, I will never be bitter about not doing, not doing something bigger in wrestling without like, without like, because I, everything I am, everything, everything I'm grateful for, everything I have, I have because of the lessons I learned through being in the sport. So, I, I, what, what are, what are dues if you're not paying them? Yeah, and I mean, for me personally, like obviously, I'm not anywhere near uh, the goals that I want for myself, but like. If something were to ever happen and, like, I had to stop wrestling or whatever, like, I feel like I did enough that, like, I could be – I wouldn't ever be upset about it, you know? I've been granted so many opportunities and met so many incredible people and have been so many incredible places. Like, I can never look back and be better no matter what. Well, you think, think about that two-year-old kid who had the Monster yeah, Factory birthday like, party. Like, yeah. I can tell people I had a championship wrestling match on TV. Like, on TV. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, dude, many of the places you've been, nobody will ever be there. Yeah, that's what I mean. So no matter what happens, like, I could never be bitter about wrestling. I'm forever grateful for it. I got to fly to Orlando two months ago to wrestle. Like, that was crazy to me. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really humbling, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's definitely, that's a really good word. It is Mm -hmm. There's sometimes where like I'm in a ring, 
and I'm mad. I maybe don't feel like being there or whatever. And I can just stop and look and just be like, dude, this is what you used to pretend you were doing when you were jumping on the trampoline. Like you're doing it. Like be grateful. Oh, dude. Tell, tell me if you're the same in this because of, because of my markdom as a child, I used to like, I used to like put elbow pads on and stand in the mirror. Like, uh, sometimes I'd like put masking tape on or something. <laughs> like sometimes I'd tape up like with pretend, dude, I right. would play music and march around my room, pretend I was making my entrance. Like, right. You couldn't like, tell me nothing, dude. I was on WrestleMania. I, I used to go to indie shows around here when I was like when I was like twelve and thirteen. And I would picture myself inside that venue and like seeing that, that crowd react. And it's funny because I'd like I'd like idolize these these dudes who work these shows, but like now looking back on it, I'm like, Oh man, I'm so much better now <laughs> than the people I was trying to idolize as a child. Yeah. And it's funny. You said how like you used to go to indie shows mm-hmm. because before I started wrestling, I had no idea any wrestling existed. That wasn't WWE. Mm. Like, well, what kind of what kind of shell shock was that when you when you learned about insane when I was like what what do you mean like there's wrestling like down the street from me like what do you mean <laughs> like literally all I knew was WWE and like obviously like I knew Impact because like Jeff Hardy was there and like mm-hmm. but like when I was like training and people were like oh like let's go do Ring Crew at ROH I was like what. What is ROH? Like what? It was like a whole new world to me. I felt like I was very behind the April. Like your your fingers or your fingers were far from the pulse. I had no idea of what keep what the heartbeat of this business is. Yeah. And and now you get to be a part of the heartbeat of this yeah. business. And that's what, and it's funny it puts it into perspective. <clears throat> I was just talking to someone uh, at the gym the other day, and they were like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, oh, I got a show at blah, blah, blah. And they were like, I don't know what that means. And, like, it flipped the switch in my brain that I was like, oh, yeah. Like, indie wrestling is such its own world. Like, not everybody knows. Like Most people don't know what it know, is. No, it was so funny. He was like, I don't know what that means. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, I forgot. Like, not everybody is an indie wrestler. <laughs> most of the stuff I'm into, uh, most people don't know anything about it. <laughs> I guess it's fair. Like, I think I talk about, like, if I go, hey, like, oh, uh, what podcast do you listen to? People are like, what are podcasts? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do you not know about podcasts? Yeah. Like, so at the same time, while I'm like, while I'm like, oh, I'm just continuously, that's why I have this drum. I'm hitting the drum, you know what I mean? Being consistent, being persistent in my message. I, I'm going, oh. There is a majority of people that I know that don't know anything about any of the things I like. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's really funny because, like, I have a group of friends that there's probably, like, eight of us. And, like, they're, like, my best friends. Like, we all played football together in high school. Like, we all stayed close. And, like, none of them know anything about wrestling. Like, yeah. two of them are, like, wrestling fans, like, WWE fans. But, like, casual yeah. WWE fans. But, like, it's so funny, like, sometimes when I talk to them about things and I'm just like, you have no idea what any of this means. Have you, have you introduced any of your, any of your uh, wrestling fan friends to AEW? Yeah. Some of them, they watch, you know, some of them keep up. Uh, <laughs> honestly, a huge person that's right now killing it, bringing casual people into the wrestling world is uh, Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. 
he's got a few of my friends in the wrestling. Wow. That like I mean, you know, listen he, to his podcast he, and enjoy He's him pretty he's, he's pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think what he's doing is amazing. Well, it it seems because it he seems unlike anybody else who's doing it because everybody else who's doing it seems like they're being fed what to say all the time. And he feels like he's marching to the beat of his own drum. Yeah, he's definitely, and like, that's why he's so organic and like, he's mm -hmm. great. So I think, you know, when it comes to like being a wrestling fan, as far as like, I told you, my, I told you my, my, my family is not a wrestling, none, not a wrestling fan in the bunch, but I've been, I've been showing my brother at AEW with me like every week. Having him, having him come over here and sit in the living room and watch, watch uh, Dynamite with me, and he's uh, becoming becoming a fan. Yeah, it's really it's a cool process to uh, <clears throat> introduce people to wrestling. Like my girlfriend right now, before we started dating, never watched one millisecond of wrestling in her life. Like had no idea what it was, and she's slowly starting to get it. She's been coming to uh, some indie shows with me. She's been watching. She's been hanging out. We watch wrestling sometimes. I got her watching Total Divas, which was like, that was the key to get her interested. No, my and mom watches that. It's, it's a great show. <laughs> and, like, it's cool to see, like, light bulbs start to go off in her head. Like, oh, I understand why that happened now. Like, Do, do you watch, uh, on HBO, there's a show called Righteous Gemstones? No, my dad was just telling me to watch it. The the new season, like the new season, the 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 character that John Goodman plays was a was a pro wrestler back in like the sixties, <laughs> and and like the the promoter had him like do like muscle work for him, and he would go like break thumbs, and uh, and then like the promoter's son visits him. Like when they're like they're old, like nowadays, current times, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I should get into this. I should get into this uh, Christian stuff. You get your gimmick, and then you never break kayfabe. I get it." Like, and, and my brother and I were watching that, and he's like, "Most people wouldn't understand wouldn't that." Understand it. Yeah, but he's like, "I've heard you say these words my entire life, so uh, it totally I makes think, sense." Yeah, sometimes I find myself, you know, with my. Uh my civilian friends and i'll be like oh you know i'll say like gimmick or like work or you know mm -hmm. i say mark a lot and they're like what and like my best friend's name is mark so like it's extra confusing mm -hmm. yeah my dad's name is mark <laughs> so it gets confusing as well i understand yeah i'm like you're a mark and he's like yeah that's my name <laughs> I, I went to i went to uh, i went to a diner after a chikara show uh with with uh John Dahmer and DJ Hyde and Niles. And DJ said to the waitress, he said, can you bring us lots of bread? We're really marks for bread. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing. This lady's probably like, what the fuck is you? What the fuck are you even talking about? Yeah, you do what with the bread? But I never thought marks for bread is this stupidest thing and i my brain somehow goes always back to like 
civilians not understanding not what the hell. No, it's no, that was like one of the first things I said to my girlfriend. I was like, if I'm around like the guys I wrestle with, you're probably not going to understand what we're talking about a lot of the time. So. <laughs> but it's funny, man. Like, there's certain matches that I'll show people that I'll be like, okay, if you weren't a wrestling fan, maybe this will do it for you. And I've started use. I started with that that Hangman Page Brian Danielson match. Man, and I just watched that like two nights ago. That match was unbelievable. And I was doing it before with the, the Sami Zayn Shinsuke Nakamura at the Takeover in Houston. Yeah, I like doing that. That's another thing. Me and my girlfriend worked out. We were trying like once a week. I was going to sit down and show her a wrestling match. Except the issue is. She really, really doesn't like blood. Mm. And the first two matches, of course, I picked were fucking bloodbaths. And I was like, oh. <laughs> You showed her like Necro Samojo. <laughs> the first match I showed her was uh, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, the like OG Helm Cell. Mm. And I forgot that, I mean, Shawn just gets his He's... ass beat that match. Like, that... He's bleeding like crazy. That I credit that match constantly to what made me decide I wanted to be a wrestler. Well, so like that's like I really like have a strong connection to that match. Like I love the story to, and like that's what I was trying to like. The debut of King. I was like, you know, like this guy is the asshole that keeps running his mouth, and no one can shut him up. And I was like, you know, the Undertaker trying to shut him up, but he keeps running away from him. So now they're locked in a cage because he can't run away, and she mm-hmm. just cannot get over the fact that this man forehead was ripped apart what uh, dude i remember i remember as a kid being like what was that when didn't he like when michael's like pushed the camera guy or something yeah when he was on the steps and he said get the fuck out of the way yeah, and I, was, he oh, yeah. I was like he said a bad word yeah that was crazy and then when i found out well, no that one wasn't planned the, the one at mind games with mankind yeah for him to throw down another cameraman. Mm-hmm. And like when I found that out, I was like, wow, that's, he's great. Like, I think Shawn Michaels is the best ever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's, 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 it's kind of like the universal everybody's answer, the greatest of all time is Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how it can't be. I know that there's a lot of uh, Bret Hart fans. Mm-hmm. I, I think nobody can touch Shawn. No, Bret Hart is Bret Hart. Bret Hart is good for what Bret Hart is, but Bret Hart isn't Shawn Michaels. No, I feel the same way. I'm very passionate <laughs> about that. I, I argue with a lot of people. I mean, I love Bret Hart. I'm not taking away anything from how great Bret Hart is, but Bret Hart isn't Shawn Michaels. And um, I always said my my top my top faves were uh, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels were like my top two favorite Chris wrestlers. Too. I don't know what it is. He is, like, another one that, like, he's a universal answer, man. He's so good, and he's done so many different characters, and all of them work every mm-hmm. time. It's unbelievable. Right. Who want to learn a lesson about what the word over is? Watch Chris Jericho. Yep. <laughs> that's that, unbelievable. That's a, that's a word I say a lot, too. I say over a lot, yeah. and yeah. I'm, I'm always teaching people lessons about what over is. Yeah, I'm like, like, come on, you got to get over it. Right? Yeah, well, like in comedy too. Like when when I, when I'm doing when I'm doing a joke, if 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 it gets a pop, it's over. Like yeah. if it gets a laugh, that's a pop. 
And like that's that's those are words that probably not a lot of comics use. But at at this point, so many comics are fans of pro wrestling, and we'll just and it, it's 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 weird. Like I think that when AEW was in Philly, I saw I saw like thirty of my comic friends from Philly all were there. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh wow, that's pretty rad. That's a funny uh, story. That AEW show in Philly, we got to do the dark match. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell my girlfriend, all the time, that was the first time she ever saw me wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, just so you know, it's not always like this. Like, <laughs> right. It's prestigious. It's, it's it's absolute pinnacle. <laughs> right. Because then, like, two yeah. weeks later, we were in a warehouse with, like, three people in it. Yeah. The, the first time my girlfriend saw me wrestle, I won a belt. I'm like, yeah, you'll you'll never see me. Like, this is just the exception. This is you'll yeah, never. I was like, really take this moment in because uh, <laughs> this isn't what it's like. For sure, not comparable to a dark match on AEW. <laughs> but uh, what what was it like in front of like that? How big was that audience? Was it a way uh, bigger audience than? Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest we've ever performed in front of. The only thing I could think maybe bigger was uh, Hammerstein with ROH. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, being from Philly, you know, like, from Philly. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we were a South Jersey dude, right? It's the yeah, same thing. It's the yeah, same it's thing. That's what, I mean. that's what I tell people. It's Philly. Yeah, it's the same thing. So, like, being able to wrestle in Philadelphia was like, mm-hmm. dude, this is so I took a picture with the Sixers mascot. Oh wow! I he was backstage, and I freaked out. And Matt and Manny <laughs> thought I was like chasing down like Sting. I was <laughs> the fucking Sixers mascot. I ran up the little kid and asked if I could take a picture. <laughs> so, but I, I, um, I, I just want to feel what those pops feel like with that big of an audience. I, I have, I, I think I experienced that. In like 2001, so it's been a very long time. Yeah, so it's I- great. It's really cool, man. And like my big thing, I try to do, and I don't always do a great job of it, is to like whether it's during my entrance or if I'm down selling, I'm always just like look around, mm-hmm. like really take this in, like because sometimes you know you're out there and you're so in the zone. And you're just worried about your match, and you don't get a chance to appreciate, like, dude. Where there's a, there's a song, there's a song by Huba Stank, and I don't, I don't think I don't think it was one of their popular songs, but it's definitely it the reason. No, it wasn't the reason, but it was it was called um, "We May Never Be Here Again," I think, or "Never Be Here Again" or something. Uh, but the the words were. Look around, take it in, enjoy this moment while we can, because we may never be here again. And I, I identify that a lot when it comes to big moments like that. When it comes to like cutting a promo and being over and like like looking around and and like getting the exact reactions that you want to get from people, or when it comes to like like hearing hearing the pop from your music. All, all that kind of stuff. It's always yeah, like, it's, yeah, this is going to be the last time. And it's really easy to take for granted. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, I mean, I know me especially. I'm just like, all right, let's get through this match. Like, let's make sure everything goes good. Let's, 
And sometimes you just got to slow down and take a breath and look around and just be like, like I said, you know, I always go back to that four-year-old kid that had his birthday party at a place because it had a wrestling ring. Like, <laughs> it's cr- it's just, who, who were, it's really do you cool. remember who the, who the uh, workers were that were at the I factory then? I wish I did because QT told me he would have been there. At around that time. Yeah. And if QT yeah. did my birthday party, that's the funniest thing ever. That is pretty I do hilarious. I remember being called into the ring and they let me pin the guy like after the match. <laughs> and I remember picking up his leg to hook his leg and being like, oh my God, this guy's leg weighs 400 pounds. <laughs> that's the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> also, so- a lot of kids didn't show up to that birthday party because you had to sign a waiver. And a lot of mm. parents, I guess, weren't happy signing a waiver for their five-year-old. Uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna not sue you if the kid gets hurt. Yeah. We, we want to sue you. So, is there any, is there anything on the record? Any questions that you have for me? Anything you have observed of me that you want to tell me about? Uh, now, I mean, now's your, now's your time. Now's your time doing a fair amount of podcasts lately and uh this is definitely like probably the most fun i've had on one it's like yes i think you did a really good job of just not asking when did you start training why did you wrestle who was your first match what's your favorite match like you could actually like i talked about things i've never got to talk about if i wanted to know that stuff uh i could have probably listened to any other podcast that you've been on like that's really cool. You know, I appreciate that. I like go on these podcasts sometimes and I try to steer the conversation just away from wrestling. Like there's so much more to it. Well, like I, I, my goal is that this is my non wrestling podcast. I have a wrestling podcast. This is not that the, the wrestling podcast is called Russell rock. That's, that's something I do with my friends. And we just talk about like current what's going on with wrestling and like we have fun, we talk about it for like an hour, but it's always specific to what that week is and what the news is and what's going on. And like we, I was doing that for so many years. Like we've been doing it for uh, six, seven years now. And and when we first started doing it, not when we first started doing it, but when I first got the desire to start doing this, I would be like the time limit would come up, and I'd be like. There was so much more I wanted to talk about. There was so much more about me I wanted people to know. There's so many more thoughts and opinions and views and beliefs that I've got that I wish I could get out, but I forget to say it all because it's only an hour and we got to talk about all the topics. So that's why that's one of the reasons I started doing this. Yeah, I really enjoy it, like, big time. I think it's really cool to, like you said, it's not a wrestling podcast, and it's just so different than what I've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, one of the other reasons I started the podcast, and I'll, I'll say that right now, I've said this a million times. Um, a couple, a couple years ago, when I first started doing the show, I started doing this podcast in 2017. Uh, my mom had told me that she had saved these voicemail messages that were left from her mom and from her best friend. They left her voicemails. She saved them onto a CD. She burnt them onto a CD. Because she said, you know how like when people die, you forget what their voice sounds like? And I was like, I don't, I don't want that 
for me. I don't want I don't want you to forget me. I don't want you to forget what my voice sounds like. I want you to hear the genuine, authentic me and hear like who I really was and what the messages were that I truly believed in. And and, and, and another reason was I always wanted to write a book. I always wanted to have things on the record, but then I think about like how much I change as the years go by. If I wrote something and I published it and then like 10 years from now, somebody reads it and it's got stuff in there I don't believe in anymore. Then they go, ah, what did you, you wrote this in here and this is, ugh, this is gross. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. That was somebody else. That yeah. wasn't me. So I, I wanted to have the, I wanted to have the audio be the new literature. I wanted to be podcast be the literature so you can, it can always be as changing as as the the, the, the as seasons. Yeah. yeah. So with that being said, I wanna, I'm going to just do a couple more quick segments with you, uh, and then I'll send you off with a hot dog and a handshake, and right off into the sunset. All right. So, so with that with that stuff, like I said, being on the record, I do this segment that I call audio time travel. Right. So the the, the people who care about you the most, the people who love you the most, your very best friends, are going to listen back to this podcast in 20 years. This stuff's outliving us. This stuff is this stuff is forever. This on the record stuff. So in if you can, some sort of uh, audio time travel, the messages that you're saying right now are going directly to the people who care the most about you. You know, your, your, your kids, if you have them, your, you know, your parents, your siblings, what are you saying to them? Man, hit me with a deep one. Uh, just right now, man, I am genuinely at such a good place. I'm so genuinely happy every day right now. And I'm just really hoping to continue with everything personally and professionally because my life right now is already so much more than I could have ever hoped for. Any advice for them? Buy my t-shirts at Pro Wrestling Tees. <laughs> turn, turn your advice into plugs. I like it. <laughs> but the, the way the way that we wrap up every week is I always I always um I always tell the guests that hypothetically I've gifted you this show, so uh, this has been the pilot episode for your new podcast, Evolving with Gabriel Hodder, and in a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, we wrap up all the takeaways in a nice pretty bow, and serve it back to the masses. So what's my uh, what's my closing statement? Yeah. Uh, big thing I've been saying, man, and I really mean it, is that uh, if you're not rocking with me now or Primal Fear or what we're doing, right now is a good time to get on board because I really think big things are going to happen this year. I really feel it. And I know the other two guys, they feel the same way. And Manny probably said the same thing in his interview. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, seriously. Um, and anyone who is already a fan, and I have people that reach out and message me and do buy my stuff, and you know, 
It really means a lot. It's really cool. And I notice and appreciate every single one of you. Awesome. So I uh, just want to say on the record to you right now, uh, dude, if you ever, if you ever are feeling like you need a friend or you need to talk, you need just judgment free conversation, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. I, I, I truly meant everything I've said to you. I really want us. I would like us to be friends. I was going to say this, this is the beginning of our friendship. Yes. The so, world got to witness it. That's going to be an audio time capsule. <laughs> audio time capsule. The, the world got to witness January 18th. 2020. Is the birth of a friendship. 2021, I mean. I said the wrong year. 2022. <laughs> 2022. Yeah. I said the wrong year twice. I don't even know. Who knows? Who knows what year it even is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> dude, I want to say, dude, uh, let that also extend to anyone who has uh, who has paid me the currency of their effort and their time here on this show or any other episode of my show, or if you're listening to or subscribing to Rassle Rock or watching any of my matches, if you're watching anything I'm ever doing and, and you're appreciating it, Please let me let me know that you exist. Uh, comment on something, like something, buy a T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. You know, support support Primal Fear, support the support the, 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 the content, content creators. Yeah, support everyone. Everyone. A lot of these indie guys, man, are out here hustling hard. Okay, do you do any impressions? I don't. No impressions. Uh, I'm not very talented. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that one bit. I don't agree with the not talented. The the doing impressions is a whole other thing. But what what I've been having people do, whatever their best impression is, I'm saying, do that impression and say the 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 wrap up line that I say. I always say, be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Man. What impression can I do? I don't know. Maybe do like a Kermit the Frog or... Uh, <laughs> what does <is> it, <laughs> it be fun, have safe, keep evolving? Mm-hmm. This is Batman. Christian Bale, Batman. Have fun. Be safe. <laughs> keep evolving. Do <laughs> you think Batman <laughs> has to specify the Christian Bale version? Christian Bale, Batman. Yes. Everybody, thank you so much for the, your time and effort. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Follow, follow all the links in the description for all Gabe's information. Thanks so much for the investment of your effort and your time and your currency of your love. I love you so much. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving.